Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our next episode of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. I'm Chris Bay, joined by Mike Kwong down in Houston, America, which the Houston uh, soccer team just beat my Sporting KC in the playoffs. I'm a little disappointed. You probably were on to that, Crawford, weren't you? I was. Sporting Mm -hmm. KC guy. Yep. Yep. I was a little disappointed with that, but it was still a remarkable year. Sporting KC drug themselves out of the bottoms. Yep. Pretty pretty amazing coaching year for sure. And Mike Crawford right here in Lawrence, America with me. So uh, Mike Everett is not with us today. He is actually in Florida. His whole family went to Florida to celebrate Linda, Mike's wife, her birthday. We won't tell you which birthday that is, but she's celebrating a significant one. And I hope they're having a wonderful time down there. So, hey, you guys, we had an amazing time down in Houston recently at a boot camp. And uh, Mike Kwong, since you and Pei were the hosts of that, uh, any words you want to say about that experience of having all your friends flying in from around the country? <laughs> no, I mean, it was such, a, you know, an amazing event. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of ideas were shared and, and just, you know, um, information, you know, uh, de- like delivered. But more importantly, it was such an, a great thing to see everyone in person again you know after so many yes. years and and uh, it, it's there's nothing like it and and especially in something as personal I think as IBC can be uh it's not just you know a financial you know tool or concept it, it's a you know it's a people person kind of thing so that was awesome um yeah I was just really touched by all the people that showed up and you know mm-hmm. it was up there good stuff <laughs> I have a we have a client and um, she's always pushing me on live boot camps. And she, her phrase is, I need eyes and arms. She's like, I want to see your eyes and I want hugs. I want to see eyes and arms. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Julie. So um, one of the questions, so at the boot camp, we do it just like we do our virtual ones. Um, it's different, um, but it's better. Let's yeah. just say it's better when it's live. But um, part of it is we do the teaching for the first half part, mm-hmm. um, just like we do on the virtual. But then the second half, we do Q&A. And one of the questions was asked, um, is it better to use IBC for paying down debt or investing in building passive income? Okay, so this either or kind of a question. I remember responding because I know a little <laughs> bit about Mike and Pay's story. And I said to this person who asked the question, like, oh, you want to see Mike and Pay spar? Don't you? <laughs> so we actually had that question come up at the very end of the boot camp where we brought yeah. Pay up and Mike and we put them, you know, kind of up center stage and let them go at it. And it was a highlight. It was fantastic to hear you guys really talk about the decision process, the thinking process. Um, the emotions involved, the respect for each other, and the way you guys think. So I thought today would be a great, great topic for our podcast is that exact thing is, is it better to attack debt or should I start building passive income? 
And Mike Kwong will put you, um, all of us have our own story related yep. to that, but Mike Kwong will put you on, on the spot a little bit to represent not only your perspective and Pay's perspective, but then how you guys come together to do that, right? Okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. Short answer <laughs> is, you know, pay off debt or build passive income. Answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Podcast over. Good one, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> No, jokes aside, but, you know, generally speaking, between, you know, paying myself, right, I was kind of um, uh, more on the pay down debt side, right? That's that's a traditional, you know, interest of most, a lot of people that have, you know, like the typical American, like Nelson teaches us a lot of debt that we, you know, for years had. Uh, and it's, it's a weight that hangs on us. Uh, and really, as a debt weapon, there's nothing that you know can beat, I think, a properly structured IBC policy to that end of you know employing velocity banking to sweep, mm -hmm. you know, and pull that headwind, turn it to a tailwind with a seesaw that Chris Bay does so well. Um, that's a really amazing you know aspect of an IBC policy. On the other hand, uh, yeah, you can also use that same cash value as leverage for policy loans that you can then in turn. Uh, invest in, you know, and build, start building a passive income stream. Right. So that's kind of where pay, you know, kind of, you know, uh, lands. Um, so definitely you can do either, first of all, mm -hmm. but I think really it's a personal answer for everyone. There's no one shoe fits all kind of deal because you mentioned, Chris, about your financial DNA, right? Yeah. To you. Yeah. So I think all of us have, life experience and there are certain debts or things that play into our lifestyle, our decisions, those kinds of things. Yeah. And I know for, for us, we had a liability, a debt uh, going back to 2017 and it was, it was our taxes. We had set aside because I'm a business owner and so I don't have money pulled out of a W-2 for taxes and we had set aside money. I always set aside a percentage of when I have income for taxes and I put it in my policy as people have heard us talk about. So I'm getting multiple uses of my tax dollars and I love doing that. It's one of my favorite uh, applications of IBC. <clears throat> so we, we get to a point uh, in the year and um, our two kids have some, some different health needs. And we were so tight at the time, we needed money for those health expenses. And really the only place to go was to our policies, which was our tax dollars that we had set aside. So um, it was a horrible feeling to me personally. It was very emotional. Um, I'm not going to deny my kids what they need, right? But personally, it felt really bad, but we had to finance our taxes for 2017 and we paid on those for years, right? And I remember meeting with our income snowball coach and he's like, you know, it's not a big deal. Low, they're giving you a good deal, low rate, you know, all that kind of stuff. But for me, it wasn't the math. There was an emotional tie to that debt that I wanted it gone personally. And so we could have continued to service that debt and do our more with our investment pieces. But just because of my DNA, <laughs> my emotional piece, we we chose to pay off those those that debt. So 
MC Crawford, I know you've you and Mary have you know some history with that, and there were times where you made decisions to pay off debts versus others. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So before we got married, um, I bought into an automotive repair shop as a business partner, and so I was uh, 25 years old, and I invested a uh, hundred thousand dollars with my at that time business partner, and. Uh, the only way a 25 year old with virtually no credit um, and whatnot could get a loan was through my parents. And so we wrote up a contract. We had, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. There was interest. There was an amortization schedule. Like this is long before ABC for me, obviously. Yeah. But it was a big chunk of change for a 25 year old. Uh, and so, you know, when we did get married, um, uh, several years later, five years later, four years later, whatever it was, um, we, you know, we, we sat down with at the time a financial person and she was sort of gobsmacked at the amount of debt that I had um, mm -hmm. for, you know, 28 years old or 29 years old or whatever it was. <clears throat> and, you know, it was a, I wouldn't say a thorn, but it was definitely a prickly aspect of our early relationship married relationship was mm -hmm. just understanding you know my comfort level with debt at the time because i felt like it was for a bigger purpose or a bigger reason um versus her fear of debt because of her mm -hmm. own personal experiences getting in trouble with credit cards while on a college campus in the early 2000s and so you know coming at it from that perspective you know, we both had to work to communicate effectively on what the priorities would be. So fast forward to me jumping into infinite banking, I knew that that debt still wouldn't be the first thing we paid off, right? Like it was still too big of a number. And so even after I sold the shop and made a little bit of money on the back end, it was wiser to use those dollars for other things as our coaches, you and Mike Everett explained because we could do certain other things with it and free up some extra cash, et cetera. But it took her a hot minute to really feel comfortable with that. So we had to make it a priority to pay that business loan off to my parents in the most efficient manner possible that also didn't affect other daily cash flow. So it was a, it was a, it was a deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talk a lot about how finances can be one of the top friction points in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I know yeah. we've experienced that. I think I've observed that with you and Mary in those situations. I don't know about Mike and Pay, but but that can be a friction point. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that that we love about IBC is we remove that friction point, right? Yeah. yeah. So Mike Kong, I'm curious for yeah. for you and Pay because you do kind of have, I mean, you're you're 100 partners in the stuff you create, but you have a little bit different perspective. How do you guys manage that give and take? I, I heard Pay talk about a little bit at the boot camp. Yeah, I mean, it really starts with, um, you know, well, education, right? Both, you know, of us uh, take the time to learn uh, about uh, debt and investments. Um, and, and that always helps. But trust also when you have a partner, um, they you should have that open line of communication and, and be able to share your idea without feeling, you know, pressured or, you know, um, and, and your questions too, right? You're not just telling the other person what you think or know, but ask them, you know, about what they know. Uh, it, it helps a lot to kind of figure things out. Yeah. Um, 
but one thing I wanted before I forgot, since we were talking yeah. about debt, is when we think about debt, there's two things that come to mind as far as you know that as an avenue to apply your IBC towards. And the first is the nature of the debt, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, not all debts equal, right? right? If you have a simple interest debt, um, that will cost you interest, of course, but not as much as you would, you know, as it does for a amortized debt, right? Uh, so when you're looking at that, this, this, you know, uh, choice between paying off debt, but my mortgage is only 4%, right? Oh, but, you know, my investment may be 10%, right? No brainer, right? I'll, of course, I'm going to go the 10% way of the investment, but understand, right, with, with the amortized debt, that's a lot more expensive than 4% that you're actually paying. So, uh, I, you know, if people are thinking about, you know, debt, yeah, don't just trust the interest rate Okay, because the nature of that is going to be very different in reality as far as how expensive a debt is or what an impact it would be to pay off that debt, yep. if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. I think that that's a really good point, too. Yeah. And another thing is, too, the size of the balance of your debt is going to be important, right? If you have a bunch of small credit card debts, you know, that you can wipe out in, in, in the first year, right, of your IBC plan, fantastic. Why? Because if you can wipe out those debts, those dollars that have been flowing out of your system on a monthly basis are immediately potentially recaptured back into your system, right? So that's great. On the flip side, if you have a much bigger debt uh, that might you know, take more time, throwing money against it isn't going to change, especially if it's amortized. It isn't going to yeah. change the monthly cash flow. So that should be another consideration yeah. when you're making that determination of, you know, should I pay off debt or should I start investing? Uh, and even if you're decided on paying off debt, which ones should I pay? Um, I don't mean to get into the weeds and everything. No, else. it's I, I think that's fantastic to unpack yeah. that for the listeners. Um, I, and there's, again, the math piece and understanding the death, debt. Yeah. And then there's also behaviors, right? Yeah. Right. And and I'm going to share with you guys, and, and I'd be curious, just off, off the cuff, you don't have enough information, uh, granted, I'm not giving you enough information, but I'm just curious if you heard this story. This is someone I met with last night. Um, if you heard this story, would you recommend them focus on debt or investment? We'll give a real life example. So this is a young couple in their uh, little less than 30 years old. Okay. So right in the late, late 20s, they have a uh, mortgage of $800,000. They have, um, she has credit card debt of 30000 He has credit card debt of 16000 They have a family loan uh, to a family member that they owe 30000 They owe 16000 on one car and 36000 on another car. And they estimated that they're paying somewhere around $5,000 a month on their debt payments. To service all of those debts. To service all those debts. <clears throat> and one is in a commission job, real estate, that is very much uh, up and down. When you hear that story in the context of this podcast, would you say, ah, oh, we probably ought to focus on debt or we ought to focus on building passive income? Or are there other questions that come to mind? Yeah, I think, you know, 
to to Mike's point a minute ago, are any of those credit card debts small enough that getting rid of them frees up a few hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month of cash flow? You know, I think when we look at the picture from a strategic or a strategy perspective, it's a matter of if and when we can turn that wind current. And usually small credit card debts are the fastest to turn, right? You know, student loans are you usually large unless they're not consolidated. Um, you know, mortgage is obviously large. Your, your, your car debts are usually larger, not necessarily always huge. But when you look at it from like a strategy perspective, if I'm thinking in my mind how we would build it, the first thing I would want to know really is like how much extra they have a month. And it probably sounds tight from what it's I can. And tight. so anything that can get freed up, even if it's just 75, 150 bucks, you know, starts to loosen the chain a little mm-hmm. bit. <clears throat> That's my first initial. Yep. Dab. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Um, Cause it sounds like they're on that edge and, and this, the, the more we can pull away from that edge and have more breathing yeah. room, uh, the better everyone I think would feel. Right. Um, and one other point to add about, you know, the interest owed to these debts, you know, you mentioned student loans, um, some interest like home mortgage interest so far, at least is still, you know, deductible on your tax bill. So uh, that's just another wrinkle, I guess, you can add to yeah. into that mix of um, what debt to pay off first. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, you know, when we do these consults and and I'm I'm gathering just bits and pieces or people are just sharing, sometimes they just want to unload their debts. On. They're like, <laughs> I want to be out of debt. Here's all of it, you know? So I'm over yeah. here taking notes. and like, we're going to send you the link and you're going to put all this in the software, but go ahead. And I'm taking notes because I like to start thinking about the strategy and yeah. an approach. And I'm struggling with this one uh, during the conversation. I'm like, they don't have any inputs or activators, you know, kinds of things. They're not setting aside any extra. They're not really contributing much to uh, real, to uh, retirement plans, things like that. Um, But as I was asking more and more questions, because this person, one of the individuals is in commission work in real estate, they will make large chunks of money at a time yeah and then they take all of that and put it towards the credit card debt and right there i was like aha yeah <laughs> we can help that's we can help yes yes yeah. but then there's a whole nother layer of this of there's some behaviors in this case yeah of well how did you get into this amount of debt yep. in your in your late 20s right yep. Right. Why do you owe $30,000 to a family member and yet you went out and bought a brand new car, right? Right. Yeah. And finance that. So, so there's some, some behavior pieces that go into these cases as well. Well, yeah. it, it relates back to what is it page 28, the human problems, you yes. know, uh, and all of us, all of us suffer from the human problems. Like, <laughs> Hi, my name's know. Chris. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> I, think, I think something to point out about this young couple is that while this is a real life situation, they are not alone. This no. is not unique. No. They are not in the wrong in any way, right? It is a matter of just the situation they're in today. How can we help make it better tomorrow? Right. But all of us struggle. I mean, Mary and I were just talking about like the amount of money we spend at Lawrence Beer Co. a month. 
Yes. <laughs> it is a literal line item in our budget because we love that place. <clears throat> and so it is a human problem. Should we be doing that? No, yeah. but it is. Is it their broccoli? Is it their broccoli? Not broccoli. You mean Brussels sprouts? But, Brussels sprouts. Uh, yeah, that's the, right. The Brussels sprouts. Well, it's it's all of it, you know. But the, <laughs> I guess my point is, though, like funny enough, like it, it we all really suffer from this in different ways. And so, to your point, Chris, like the mindset that we all have to take, and being cognizant of it is the step. Is the first step, right? Like, yep. we're not necessarily stopping our Lawrence Beer Co. trips, but we are aware that we need to be mindful of that. You know, and so it's just having that awareness and that comes from understanding your finances and how IBC can help you in those, but also to having a coach that is willing to not, we're not attached to your dollar. It's not mm -hmm. our money. We just want to help you do better with it. Yeah. And I just want to, yeah, please jump last, you know, <laughs> about, um, you know, mm -hmm. that decision to go towards paying off debt. I want people to not forget or lose the fact that Okay, yes, if you have a windfall, like like your example, and then it goes right to paying off the credit card directly, one stop, boom, you're using that money once, okay, fine, you benefited, but you, you know, and that's it. But if you were to do the same, but through money's flown, flowed out through your policy setup, um, you may feel like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm using my policy only to, only to pay off debt, but, and I'm not building savings or anything or, or building right. income. That's not true entirely because what happens once you have your policy set is you have that tremendous death benefit. That's a real asset that is, you know, on the books with the company and should the worst case happen is going to be a huge, you know, boon for the family. Right. So you, you should never feel that just because, you know, you're, you're dedicating your policy towards paying off debt, that you aren't also building on the positive because immediately you, you have, you've set up right. that, you know, that net um, personal asset and security for the family yeah. while you get to churn up and chew up all that debt. So you still, you know, are benefiting on both sides. Now, of course, if you go the other way and once you've paid off your debt, then you can go and do even cooler things, you know, building passive income. That's another conversation, but uh, also, you know, um, fun. And well, again, you know, Mike, actually, you're saying something here that's making me think a little bit about okay, so yes, the paying off the debt side is boring, but if we're running it through our system, right? we're constantly building the back end of our, we're capitalizing that system on the backside in, in an effort to get to the passive income, right? Mm -hmm. So we aren't starting our passive income from ground zero. By the time we've paid off our debt, we've built up a war chest of yes. internal asset that we can continually use that we got multiple dollars out of, uh, multiple uses out of in the beginning just to pay off the debt. But then on top of that, we're now able to use those multiple dollar or those dollars again for the passive income part, right? So while the original question of this podcast was, should I do debt or passive income? You started off by saying yes. And honestly, yes. it really has circled <laughs> back around to yes. Yes. Right? <laughs> yep. We, we tend, when we're in our strategy sessions on Mondays, we tend to focus on the debt, yeah. especially if it's something that we can turn the wind current on quickly. Yeah. And, and as you guys have said, if it's a mortgage, you know, if it's a, if it's a Dave Ramsey couple and they've been really good and keeping their debt level <laughs> and all they've got is the mortgage, yeah. does it make sense to attack the mortgage? Probably not. not. 
In that case, we're probably going to say, hey, here's some options for you to start building on yeah. your passive income for the future, yeah. right? But if it's a couple and they've got, you know, six credit cards with balances of a couple thousand on each one, man, we're going to get after that wind current and turn it like crazy, right? Yeah, we're like yeah. a kid in a candy store with that. <laughs> <laughs> it gets fun, doesn't it? So, yeah. And, and we talked about the DNA um, knowing your DNA. And, and for me, I am a debt averse. That's part of my DNA. I don't right. want to have debt. Um, and I'm also, you know, and we, we see people on our, our dibs chat, right? Mike Kwong referencing your yeah. book dibs on your money. There's a chat group that are all part of the dibs group. It's, it's a private group. So if you want to be part of the group, you got to talk to us, <laughs> but there's probably a hundred plus people on that. Yeah. And you can see their DNAs mm -hmm. play out. There are people there that are so interested in all these different kinds of investments and how to leverage and things like that. That's not my DNA. I am simple. I do what I know. I'm risk averse. Mm -hmm. I'm debt averse. Yeah. That's me. I am not exciting when it comes to my deep financial <laughs> DNA, right? Yeah. But I'm steady, Yeah. right? So Mike Crawford, I'm curious, how would you describe your, your DNA? You know, I probably lean more toward the aggressive side, but I get tamed a little bit with Mary's conservative mindset about money. Uh, it's something we've actually, since the Houston boot camp, I'm not even joking, have talked quite a bit more about. Um, and, you know, I think Kwong actually helped her quite a bit. They chatted a while about reading his book and she's, mm -hmm. she's ready to try to trudge through it. And I say trudge, it's an easy book to read, but she's not a reader. <laughs> and so she admittedly would say that it's struggle for her to sit down and, and get into a book, but mm -hmm. she's committed to trying to get through uh, reading it and understanding it so that we can kind of take that next step. Yeah. How about your financial DNA, Mike Kwong? How would you describe it? I mean, for years, you know, I was on that debt averse camp with you, Chris, yeah. you know, um, but again, as, as I've grown and um, through our relationship with my wife, Pay, <laughs> she's kind of taught me a few things as far as it's okay to step away or closer, you know, to that other side. Because yeah. uh, again, it's, it really comes down to education. Again, mm -hmm. that, that gives me more confidence to, to, I mean, I don't want to say take more risks because again, there are smarter ways that you can do your investments, especially if you do it through a policy, yep. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to hedge off a lot of that risk. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm now, you know, more on putting a little foot on the other side of the fence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's been, you know, succeeding. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm changing my DNA, but uh, I'm kind of breaking out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I love you guys telling your personal stories. All of us had an opportunity to share kind of how this plays out in our own lives and our own marriages, uh, our own relationships, you know, that idea of should I attack debt? Should I work towards passive income? And as, as Mike Kwong said, yes. And, and we went into the details of that, of talking about how, if you are attacking debt, you're also on the back end, as Mike Crawford said, you're building your capacity. So I'll end with this. These are the four things that IBC does. And we, we open our boot camps with this. Number one, we eliminate outside debt. While we're doing that, we're also building a pool of capital that you own and control that you can use for anything you want, new purchases, tuition, 
other people's debt, your own debt, investments, whatever. This, this is your pool of capital. Number three is the passive income. And then the fourth one is the tax-free wealth transfer, which is essentially the death benefit from your life insurance, which is an amazing asset in itself. So really what we're saying is you're kind of doing these first two and three, even if you're just attacking debt. Yeah, so. I agree. Good stuff, guys. Thanks for uh, your input, your stories, um, personal stories. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Check us out at lifesuccesslegacy.com. More podcasts, way more podcasts than anyone should ever want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, check us out for an upcoming learning event. We've got webinars. We recommend that first. And then we have our boot camps that we do about every, oh, four to six weeks or so. And we'd love to see you join us at a, at a boot camp. Thanks again for joining us.